you live from the Badlands of Texas, 360 degrees around the earth, all the way from southern Australia to northern Ireland and five places in Korea and one place in North Korea. I'm sure the palace somewhere. I'm not sure if I'm even allowed to say that. You're listening or you're watching Midnight Radio. I'm your host, Gerald. Stop talking to me on Discord. Shmammons! When I'm doing a live show. How is everybody doing out there? Hello, friends. My bad. I left it on. Bad doggy. Bad doggy. Get back. Woo! Woo! Holy Moses. Sorry, I've been gone for a few days. I've been doing an article for a national newspaper. You know, I've been chronicling the obsession America has with butt plugs, and it's gotten worse than I ever thought it was before, and I mean to get to the bottom of it. If you have any information about butt plugs, you're a butt plug dealer, a butt plug user, or maybe you're reformed. Well, then you can send me some information to help me out with this article. You can just email me at djelectra at midnightrad.io. How is everybody doing tonight? Are you guys all right? It is a hot son of a bucket in here. In the badlands of Texas. Of course, it always is. What are we going to go over tonight? Actually, as I sink down here on my daddy's mic, this, oh, this chair, man. Holy moly moly. Oh, yeah. See? as it goes down i need to get a new one but i haven't got around to it man and i use i use my uh my uh, monies on 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 silly things like microphones and stuff i don't know or mixers all right here's what we're going to talk about tonight I know there's been a lot of other people doing this that I've seen. This is not what i'm doing i'm not going back to the beginning of the idaho four case that's not what my intention is Although I am, we are going to be looking over the original affidavit again. We're going to be looking at what Brian Kohlberger said about those other, those other uh, sources of DNA, those other two male sources of DNA. We're going to look at that. And we have an updated 3D tour of the Moscow, Idaho house, the murder house. We are going to look at that, go through that. As we go through that, it's kind of like a tour. As we go through that tour, let me fix this. As we go through that tour, there's going to be videos we're going to look that happened at the scene at the time. So it's going to be very educational. There are some new documents, and that is why I had Discord open. There, there are some new documents that are about to be released on the Idaho 4 case. All right, a trove of them. Damn it, do you guys want me to show you that right now before we go into all this, the new documents that are dropping? Now, they haven't actually been released yet. I mean, they have been, but not for us. They haven't been released to the public yet, and maybe some of that is because of the documents themselves. They're wanting to not show you the documents anymore. That's the title of one of the documents. So let me know what you want on that. Let me know. All right, let's continue here. Let's go into, let's start going into all this stuff. First, I'm going to go into what? Prosecutors say there is now even more evidence linking the suspect, Brian Cope. Ho! Burger with the... Somebody sent me this. And uh, at first, I thought it was brand new. I'm like, holy shh. And then it looked like this isn't new. Uh, this was from three weeks ago, but what this is what I was saying 
when I had something about sources of DNA and some people were freaking out about it. So people asked me to address this. So I'm going to address this. We're going to go over these gaping effing holes in the affidavit. You know, things that really piss people off. You know, it's important to go look at this and remember it. So first, let's start with the DNA. Then we're going to go to the affidavit. Then we're going to do the 3D tour. And then we're going to look at all these other crazy bastards and these news stories that we have fresh for today. All right, here we go. But before we do that, hey, I want to introduce you to my friend, the snotty fecker. Hold on, let me go get the snotty fecker first. I'm gonna grow, go, guys. I'm gonna grab the snotty fecker and I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back, guys. You ever have somebody in your house that just likes to rotate things? It's another story, guys. This is the snotty fecker. All right, he's a hamster. His name is the snotty fecker. He does talk, although he doesn't talk right now. What does he say? I have his soundboard right here. If you guys want to listen to it, now the snotty fecker I use. Now he really does talk. All right, I guess he needs new batteries. Anyway, he has a soundboard, and I have the soundboard recorded right here. I'll play some of the things he says for you, and I usually use it for trolls in the chat room. So here you go. I hired an actor, an actor to do his voice. So here's what he says. A modern hand is better than two in the bush any day. No, he's a, he's a hamster. He's an Irish hamster, to be exact. When you come in, I'm going to box the head off of you. When you come in, I'm going to box the head off of you, little shit, yo. When you come in, I'm going to box the head off of you. I'll go away with you. You snotty little speck of you. When I get a hold to you, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. See you, little speck of you. You snotty little speck of you. When I get a howl to you, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. All right. So, yeah, that is the snotty fecker. And he does talk. He does say those things. Uh, I just need to put batteries in him. I'm going to get a little midnight radio shirt for him. He's an angry, ham- angry Irish hamster that takes care of trolls in the troll room. His name is the snotty fecker. I'm bringing him back, guys. Those of you that have been with me for a long time might recognize the snotty fecker. You don't have to get angry. Let the fecker get angry for you. All right, let's continue here. We're going to talk about our Idaho things. Although at any time, if anybody, actually RoboMod, since I never do it, has to kick anybody out of the chat, I guess they get one of these warnings. When you come in, I'm going to box the head off of you. Something like that. I don't know. We'll see if we ever get to use those. But I got them loaded up on the soundboard. Now let's go into our Idaho 4 information. The phone line is open if you guys want to call in and talk about this, and I hope some of you do. Some two people I want to talk to if they come in here. And uh, that is Stellar Art I don't remember the name, Stellar something. Her name is Michelle, Michelle Art. If she comes in here, I want to talk to her about something. So if you guys see her, let me know. She usually doesn't come in until the show's over. Hopefully she'll come in here also. Um somebody named Oh, come on. What's her name? Susan Bennett. If Susan Bennett comes on, actually, her father was the actor that voiced the snotty fecker for me. If she comes in, I have some information for her. All right, but let's go ahead and start here. Golly, how many times am I going to say that? 
going to start with DNA. DNA links. DNA. University of Idaho murders. Newly released court documents are showing DNA from a cheek swab Koberger took is a statistical match to DNA found on the knife sheath that was left at the scene of that quadruple slaying. Previously, authorities linked the DNA at the scene to Koberger by collecting his father's DNA from trash, which was found outside of their Poconos home. His lawyer has entered a not guilty plea on his behalf. Koberger's trial is scheduled to start in October. All right, moving right along. This is what Brian had to say earlier. Brian Koberger claims DNA from three other men found at scene of Idaho murders. All right. Now I want to reiterate that touch DNA, which is just like me, one finger touching this coffee glass. All you see is like a smudge with fingerprints, which has a little bit of cells on there, a little bit of oil. The most minute, uh, the most minute uh, DNA that you can find that you can process. And they've only had that been able to do that since, uh, you know, this sometime this decade. Let's put that in perspective. All right, let's continue here. It's almost assured, assured. When we look at these other sources of DNA, of which Brian says there were three other men. All three sources would have had to have more DNA left than one touch fingerprint. I'm telling you, statistically speaking, accused killer Brian Kohlberg has insisted he has no connection to the Forest Lane University of Idaho students. It is claimed that DNA from three other unidentified men who are also found at the grizzly crime scene. All right. Court documents filed by attorneys for the 28 year old PhD student last week argue that DNA from two other men were also found inside the off-campus student home. So first we have, did we not say three? We went from three to two. On the first paragraph, is talking about three. Court documents have said there were two. DNA from a third unknown man was also found on a glove outside the property on 20th of November, one week from the murders, the document stated. Okay. By December 17th, 2022, lab analysis, we're aware of two additional males. DNA within the house. So two within the house, one on the glove outside. That was found by Chris Madonna. And I'm trying to remember the name of his YouTube show. All right, but it was a week or two after he found the glove, and I was told on Ashley Banfield's show that the glove was identified as being, uh, yeah, I heard it was identified by being one of the uh, techs at the crime scene, and then whoosh, never heard about it again until right here. By December 17th, lab analysis were aware of two additional males DNA within the house where the deceased were located in another unknown male DNA on a glove found outside the residence. To this date, the defense is unaware of what sort of testing, if any, was conducted on the samples other than the STR DNA 
profiles. And what that is, is when they check for other arrests and things online. On the database for former prisoners, former military members. Now, if you've been arrested anytime, they automatically take your DNA. Further, these three separate and distinct male DNA profiles were not identified through CODIS, what I was saying, leading to the conclusion the profiles do not belong to Mr. Koberger. Mr. Koberger's defense is fighting against the state's use of genetic genealogy to tie him to the brutal murders of Kayla Gonsalves, Madison Mogan, Ethan Chapin, Zana Kernodal. According to prosecutors, the killer left a military-style sheath behind at the scene. Of the 13th November stabbings, the sheath was found next to Mogan's body in her bed. It said Mogan's body in her bed. Again, the sheath was found next to Mogan's body in her bed on the third floor. We're going to examine continuity as we move forward. We're going to make sure it also said the sheath was found next to Mogan, Maddie Mogan. On the affidavit. And we're also going to make sure it says that when we go through the 3D tour. DNA found on the sheath was later matched to Kohlberger after after the FBI checked the sample against genetic genealogy databases and tipped off local authorities. After collecting trash from the suspect's parents' home in the Poconos Mountains, a familial match from Mr. Kohlberger's father was made to the knife sheath, according to the criminal affidavit. Following Mr. Kohlberger's arrest on 30th of December, DNA samples were taken directly to the suspect and came back as a statistical match. In the last court filing, the accused killer's team accused us a lot of accusations being thrown around as a major alligator. They accused prosecutors of hiding this entire case from the defendant by trying to keep his method of genetic genealogy investigation secret. There is no connection between Mr. Kohlberger and the victim, states the filing title objection to the state's motion for protective order. There's no explanation for the total lack of DNA evidence from the victims in Mr. Kohlberger's apartment, office, home, or vehicle. The filing came in response to the state's motion for protective order around the methods it used to match his DNA to the crime scene. The defense is arguing that the prosecution should hand over all of this information to Mr. Kohlberger and that he has a right to know what led investigators to suspect him in the first place. Perhaps, unsurprisingly, Mr. Kohlberger does not accept that his defense does not need this information, his attorneys argue. They claim that authorities don't want the suspect to see how many other people the FBI chose to ignore during this investigation. And also don't want the public to be deterred from sharing their genetics with such websites if they realize the government is watching. Judge John Judge is yet to rule on the matter. He's ruled now. He didn't give a... He doesn't care, man. He doesn't care. He ruled. I wonder what they're drinking there. Anyway. I wonder. A separate motion to compel discovery revealed that Mr. Kohlberger... The defense is demanding the state hand over the DNA profiles of three other males whose DNA was found at the scene. You heard about that? Did they turn it over? We're going to find out. Hell no, they didn't. Mr. Kohlberger's attorney have recently hired two DNA consultants, Bicca Bartholomew, hell of a name, and Stephen B. Mercer in his defense case. Okay. They're going to say, what? We're going to find out. Come we're in August, September, October. 
It's coming around the corner, guys. Last week, the judge ruled to keep the gag order in place for the case, but narrowed his scope. Agreeing with the media coalition and attorneys for Gonsalves family that the original order was too broad, but he also ruled that cameras will continue to be allowed. All right. We got more coming up. Let's look at some of these pictures. Ha! Huh. All right. I want to show you. Now I'm going to bring up my uh, Discord because I want to show you what documents are coming up. And I keep looking about the DNA. Maybe, maybe there's something about the DNA coming up. All right, then. All right. These are old, 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 old. All right, let me go back. Damn it. Damn it. All right, let's look at these guys. These are the new ones. Yes. All right, here we go. Oh, there's Stellar Star. All righty. Let me look in the chat room, guys. Let me look in the chat room real quick. I guess while you're staring at this, I'll blow it up for y'all. I'll blow it up. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? There it is. Boom. Objection coming up. Um, objection to state's motion to compel motive of defense avowed by our, or alternatively to bar certain evidence. 818 motion hearing. Judicial order. John, John, judge. John, John. Judge John, John. And we got 10-2 on the jury trial. So we got one more piece coming. Hmm. So what do we got coming up? All right, looking back here. Hello, Zoo Mac. Hello, Dealey Pickles. Hello, Electra. Hello, Lisa Maxwell. Hello, Backseat Gamer. Hello, Laura. Brenda, hello, Brenda. That's darling. I want a shirt when you get them. I'm not sure what you're saying. You want the you want to buy a snotty fecker? When he gets his little midnight black midnight radio shirt? Or you're saying you want a midnight radio shirt. We already have midnight radio shirts. We have a merch store at midnightrad.io where you can buy a midnight radio shirt. Hello, boss. Boss Mac in the house, backseat gamer. Stellar Star is here. Are you still here, Stellar Star? Can we all agree that there was probably a lot of DNA in that house? There was DNA dripping off the walls, I want to bet. Stellar Star, are you still here? 
There's going to be DNA there and multiple forms of it. There is not enough evidence of the state is playing their cards too. I'm okay. I'm a 47-year-old woman, not a young lady. I'm great, actually. Never been better. Somebody called you a young lady. All right. I want to keep on task here. The things I want to talk to Stellar Star about has nothing to do with the DNA in this case. So, so I'm going to ask one time, um, Michelle, Stellar Star, do you want to come up so we can talk about some stuff? And if she does come up, I'll give her a link. And then we'll, after we talk, then we'll go back into the Idaho 4 case. All right. What do you think about my last comment? Hot Ham Radio, how are you? I don't know. Is that the one you're talking about? Wait. There'll be loads of DNA, but not much of burgers. Grant Williams, everybody. Grant Williams in the house. Uh, Boss, I don't know. Going up. Going up. There we go. I'm starting to think maybe the BK's dad was used as an informant. I wonder who paid for his flight. I wonder who paid for his flight. I wonder if the car ride was used to try to get a confession. I actually thought about that. I thought, okay, Okay, sure, I can come up. Okay. I actually did think about that because he's the one that originally turned Brian Kohlberger in for stealing his sister's phone. And when he did that, he stole his sister's phone. His dad turned him in. He wound up at the point when he had to go into rehab. So that is where we're uh, at with that. I got more things coming up. All right, let me get... uh, let me get Michelle up here. So some things I want to talk to her about. All right, guys. And now when, uh, whenever I don't bring guests up here and I really do not ever have YouTube creators up here, but I'm not bringing her up here as this, as a YouTube creator or to talk about Idaho for, I'm just bringing her up here as a person. I want to talk to her about something that she knows and I don't. I say this just to let you know, when I bring somebody up here, um, Part of the rules is for everybody to show respect, and we'll respect you guys down there. I ask that of people I bring up here. And I don't bring someone up here because I want to hear my own damn opinion. I'm not here for me. I'm here for the person I'm talking to because I don't give a shit about what I think or what I'm here to say because I already know what it is. I'm here for that person, not myself. All right, so let me get the link. And if you want to, Michelle, you can, I'm going to give you a link and you can stream it. You can stream it on your channel. That's a new feature they have. So if you want to do that, that's okay. And I'm doing this because I have no other way to contact her other than here. All right. So get the link to Michelle. I'm going to wait for her to come up. There she is. 
Michelle, everybody. Hi. First off, Michelle, I need to let you know that you won the hat from last Friday's show. I am so excited. Thank you. You know me and my hats. <laughs> I press the Thank button, you. boom, you popped right up. There you go. And you do like awesome. hats. Thank you. I'm very excited. I know. It was awesome. So how have you been lately? I've been a lot better. I think I'm um, I'm just getting used to everything and the different changes that growth come with, you know? Um, growth comes with, yeah. Growth and change. So you just started school. Yeah. Well, I've been in school for almost two years now. Um, it takes a while when you're not necessarily there full time. Now I'm in full time. So I start WSU. Um, this August in a, in a couple weeks. Okay. So you've already done the registration process and you're yeah. about to start full time. I just noticed yeah. recently, uh, first thing I noticed, and we'll talk about that in a minute is about your name changes. And, mm-hmm. um, because you know, you know how YouTube is when it alerts you for me, what it does is it, um, what it, it doesn't give me an alert when I get it. You know, I see Michelle, I saw Michelle art Michelle Art, and then I saw Stellar. I'm like, what's okay. going? What's going on? But I saw it was you, and then I realized through you know watching some of it that you'd that you'd um, been going through something recently with with YouTube creators, and I'm not sure what all else. So, but I missed the part where you were actually going through that. So I was wondering here in a minute if you could tell us about that. But also, I wanted to know so. These last week, I'd say you've been on you've been on doing your show a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, is that going to continue, or is that going to change once you start school full time? Actually, tonight's going to be my last live. I've made an executive decision to really just get done with the Idaho four case. It's taken up a lot of time, and we're still kind of as a community, really just not. Nobody is really solid on anything, you know, and it just kind of driving everybody crazy. So I just kind of feel it's better to walk away from it for me. I mean, everybody else can do what they want, you know, but I have a lot of good content for the live tonight. Um, But yeah, I'm people have been recording my lives um, without my consent and, and streaming like my whole lives. Okay. Um, and so that's one thing, I mean, fair use, but what has been going on is they're using my content against me to slander me and make me a person I'm not. So I just find that as for social media and my reputation and I'm in college, so that's really defamatory for me as a person who's in digital arts and culture and, and a writer, and, and I have a pub, I'm, I'm a published writer, and I'm going to just get better and better, you know. And so I don't need people out there on YouTube thinking that they have that access where they push cross the lines so, and ruin my reputation. Right now, you're giving us the abbreviated version. As a writer, if I was looking at the dust jacket, that's what I would get. And I tune into your, I tune into your show. Um, matter of fact, last night. Uh, 
I was watching right before I went to sleep. I said hello, uh, Boss Mac was there, and I fell asleep. And then I woke up and hit play where I left where it stopped at and realized you were talking to me and I missed it. But I tune into your show. I hear the basic, um, you know, the dust jacket of what's going on, but mm-hmm. I don't really know what's going on. And I, I hear you yeah, saying um, you're trying to just not, and I don't want all the information, but I just want to know enough to know what the hell's actually going on. Um, so, so I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I look into it and I saw that, you know, you're glossing this over, to be frank. About two weeks ago, for whatever reason online, I heard that you faked your death on a live or something. And I don't even know what that means. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that just means with your name. Not on a live. You see how the telephone game plays? So I, I don't even know. I was, I was, I've been sent death threats. They've doxed me and included my children, talked about my children and lives. I've had people I don't know bringing up my children. And is this because had, of the Idaho 4 content? Yes. Because of what? Wild-ass speculations and wild-ass theories I, that we all talk about? I don't, I don't know who they are. They use a lot of different accounts. They make fake accounts about me and say that I'm doing it. They've sent, um, they've called my local authorities on me. They've called that my crisis line on me trying to say I'm mentally ill in order to get away from them. Like I have a website, so they've stalked wherever I've went. They've tracked me down. They've screenshot my website, recorded stuff off my website. If I went on Vimeo, they recorded my videos off, off Vimeo. You know what I'm saying? And so I haven't been able to just even exit YouTube the way I wanted to with my audience in a proper fashion. And, any, and so it just created a lot of drama and a lot of misunderstandings with my audience. A lot of the people that they were trying to misrepresent me too okay and and a lot of people have the total wrong idea about everything because of it and it starts when you become a youtube a new youtuber some people know it they know you're new to the game and some people are just not very nice and they're cruel and it's a cruel world out there in social media and so when you're a new youtuber as a student in school, I'm going to teach a class about it. Don't let people befriend you right away. You have to test people and use your discernment. Do not give people your phone number. When you when people send you emails, you need to make sure you're not just clicking on links. There's a lot of different things that come along with being a content creator. Once you give people the access to you as a personal individual, they, they'll take a mile. So when you give an inch, they take a mile. So my problem was I'm a very nice person. I came to YouTube. I'm very vulnerable because I'm new to the game. I don't know how they call it the YouTube streets. I don't talk like that. That's not my lingo, but some people talk like that here in YouTube. Um, I'm not part of that whole thing. But obviously, somehow people got me caught up in it because they felt like that they wanted to harass me. And I guess I, that's how I got caught up. There's a lot of different content, content creators that have tried to create channels during Idaho 4 that have also been harassed. We don't know necessarily who all of them are, but we're trying to look into it and figure out what's going on with this. And they, they make false reports on your channel. They copyright you. They do all kinds of stuff. I've had 
they literally admitted two people literally admitted to taking my channel down three times. So your channel was taken down three times Yeah, due to false reports. So is that why, why the name change? Yes. I don't, I don't understand. I, because your channel, your name would change, but it was still show, show it to me. Like I was subscribed. It, it will always show you if it, if it changes, if you're subscribed, if it changes, it just shows the next regeneration of the channel. So it doesn't mean that I'm always changed. It, it doesn't mean I'm creating new channels. It just means I've, I've come back and I, and I, and I recalled myself something now because I'm tired. I'm tired of these people. I'm trying to get away from them. Right. And so what happened was on my website, what I did, cause I'm a smart bitch I put a fake obituary up on my website to see who's stalking me. Okay, interesting. And and because I did that and they took the content and used it against me, I knew who my stalkers were then. Do you feel what I'm saying? All right, so you took took a fake obituary and Mm -hmm. you put it just on your website. Uh, Correct, on mine. On your your personal website. um, Correct. Which I've been to. Because mm-hmm. I tried to go there to get some contact information to you to, right. to, about your hat, and I noticed it just changed within the last 48 hours. So you went on there, put a fake mm-hmm. obituary. What did you do to your YouTube site then, your channel? I, t- I put everything on private, and I, took my ch- and I put my channel on private. Okay. All they right. started stealing content from my website. Yes. So for those of you that don't know, she did have a bunch of videos, Idaho 4 related and others on her, her personal website. Um, so how long was, were you not active also on YouTube before you found out who it was? Every time they take down my channel, I can't come back for like a month. Wow. And how are they taking down your channel? Somebody has no somebody in Google. Okay. So you really don't I think they have a connection in Google. You don't know if it's the content they're saying. I, I don't know what they're doing, but look, all the videos that, that, that have been made about me, I can't take those down. They're still up. So, well, somebody's here's a tip. Some, some kind of poll. Here's a tip for you. Um, once you get past 10,000 subscribers, you have something called uh, the content matching tool. That you can mm. press and it automatically sees if anybody has you in any of their videos. Oh. So what does that mean, Michelle? It's somebody <laughs> with over 10,000 subs. Mm-hmm. It's not me, I promise. <laughs> it's I, not I, me. At, at this point, um, I know who I, I know who it is. I know I know who who all of it is, but the problem is in our society this is a problem um let me just put it this way and we don't i don't really want to talk about it too much cuz i've gotten death threats and everything mm-hmm. so uh, it's okay we're here for you um what was i going to say i don't even remember <laughs> i don't know where i was going um, I think you were talking about who it was. You said you knew who it was. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's just no, there's not. You have to decide, I guess. I had to decide what's more important to me. Is more important to me like exploitation or is it 
like just going to school and having a good time and having a good life. And right now I just rather have a good life than have people screw with me or my channel and think that they have rights to do that and then take away my human rights. Like I can't, I don't sell out. I just rather quit. You know what I'm saying? Like I have a website. I've had my website for like two years. These people have like told me I don't, I have my own business. You know what I'm saying? I have a business name. They, they use my business name. They've created porn accounts, like oh a fake account. Uh, like <laughs> Good Lordy. destroy. That's free advertisement, Michelle. Come on now. Think about it. If they're talking about you, they're advertising. There's free advertisement for you and all their people are watching. Where are they from? Ohio. Ohio. New York. New York. Florida. Florida. Dirty California. suckers. That sounds like my audience. <laughs> <laughs> the audience comes from everywhere. So you say you're not interested in exploitation anymore. Are you mean them exploiting you? Or are you talking yeah. about yeah. exploitation type material like Idaho Four? Yeah, I didn't. If if I didn't agree to be to, to work on your channel and for you to stream my lives against me and slander me and abuse me on your channel, if I didn't agree to that, then I'm not going to keep having lives and let people recording all my content and and do that to me. Like I'm not going right. to abuse myself. I'll just get the heck off of YouTube and use my website and take it a whole nother direction and set up a podcast. So that's definitely exploiting you. Have you thought of uh, starting a podcast? Yes, that's, oh. that's, that's the next plan. So after tonight's live, of course I'll keep my YouTube channel and yeah. I'll put out a video letting everybody know what I'm going to do. But tonight's live is going to be kind of whack just because like we're going to get through a lot of great material and we're going to do it pretty quick. It's going to be four to five hour live. You know, we're going to go late oh. into the late hours of the night. So that's it though. I've, I'm, I'm done. You know, you might want to look into anchor anchor is really good. I work, I work for Spotify and we, we anchor. work on anchor. So this is actually going to be on there. You know, after we do the show, I uploaded the podcast there. Check that okay. out. And uh, you can uh, monetize your content on Anchor, mm -hmm. too. Which yeah, helps. I plan on including my, my professors a lot more, you know, now, now that this has happened. That's what I was going to say. So as a new YouTube creator, okay, just be very mindful about the fact that you have to own you and your channel and just move forward with it once you go live that puts you more at risk and people to use the fair use against you and exploitation. That's not really fair use. So that's what I was going to say earlier is just as a new YouTube creator, as a woman, think of the things and think of stalkers and you have to keep that stuff in mind and you have to just kind of reel it in a little bit. Do you want to show your face on camera? Do you want to use your real voice? Do you want to ever give out any, any, any of your personal information at all? Think about these things when you, when I was coming out, I, I didn't, and I don't mean coming out, but I mean, when I'm, when I'm new on YouTube, I don't, I don't like, I don't know necessarily all this, all the stuff to do, you know, and so I'm just growing as I go, but other people are catching my mistakes and using them against me. Do you understand? 
And so that's not fair use. That's exploitation and, and slander. There's also a thing about the slice of the pie you entered on YouTube ad. And uh, it's, it kind of looks like it's true crime, but it's also something called crama, which is crime yes. slash drama. So they yes. looked at you and your flamboyant ways, which is why I love yes. your show. They look at you, <laughs> they look at you and like, oh, this is entertaining. Let me talk about her. You know, let me bring in the drama. Let me bring drama from her. Yeah, I can't explain what it is. I just don't like the toxic side of it, and I don't like. I, I wish that people would be more professional. And if you wanted to use some of my content or you had an issue with anything I put out there, if you could just come to me professionally, that's all I asked, you know. But, I mean, it's what's done is done. We just move forward from here. And I'm, I'm grateful for the whole experience as a whole because I grew from that. There's a positive in all of this. It's not all bad, you know. After what you went through, it seems like you're doing a lot better now. Uh, I was going to ask you uh, about the FBI element about it. You said you reported mm-hmm. to the FBI, but not just that. You were saying something about a march at Washington. Would you like to tell us about that? Yeah. Um, I. One of the things that I would am trying to do, and I, I honest, honestly, I can't do it on YouTube. Um, that's not the place to have a protest or to, to, to voice your opinion so opinionatedly, right? <laughs> so... What it has to be is a peaceful protest for women's rights, um, and and the the the, the aspect of um, security on social media. I want to take a march and have a protest about it in D.C. It's important, and um, there's something to be said. I know that men men have rights too, but I'm here to speak for women, and and women need uh, more more of us to speak up for the rights, our human rights on social media, this has caused me a huge, um, how would I say, like a a campaign for a cause. It's a cause. So are a lot of the people attacking you men? Yes. Okay. Well, and women, men and women that are, well, jealous. And in other words, and men that are sociopathic. Like men creators and female subs. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, okay. exactly. The, yeah, definitely the, the the kind of more on that gangsta side, kind of weird off I, so people I don't wouldn't associate with, put it that way. Yeah. So what do you see the timeline of this protest in Washington being? I'd like to have it before November. So I'm trying to go for October. But then again, I'm in school. So... It's going to have to be how I, first of all, I got to, you know, this is a huge organized thing. So I don't even know, like when I'm talking about, I want it to come fast, but I don't think it's going to happen that fast. Realistically, it's probably going to happen like after next year. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When when things start, when you guys start working on it, it naturally might have to be because there's other protests scheduled on different days and you have to work around those and. And, and if you're Let's talking get about getting plane tickets, are you going to get, are you going to bus there? Are you going to get a whole coalition, you know, and then you have to organize that and we don't have much time. So yeah, realistically spring of 2024. Where'd be a good place for people to get information about if they want an update? Would it be your website or your Twitter? 
uh, I would create a whole social media account for it and, mm. and just let everybody know to spread the word. Okay. Um, how, yeah. are, how are people going to know when you do that on your uh, um, I'll communicate with my peeps like you and such like that and let you know so you can get it out. Right. And, and I have the, I still have the YouTube channel. So it's not like I'm I'm just not going to do Idaho for this is a it's a toxic situation We're we're too many months into it and everybody's still tripping out on it. And I love the story, but it's causing a lot of issues and it's a really sinister story. It's right. scary. <laughs> it's scary. And I don't know if I want to touch it anymore. So, so if know? anybody wants updates on the March in Washington, the protest, you guys can go to her YouTube channel, which I'll link below and her yeah. community page. She's going to talk about her community page. Yeah, It'll be my community page. I'll definitely post something on my community page and then you can go to my about section and I'll, my website's shut down right now for, because I'm putting new stuff up yeah. and redoing yeah. it. Um, make more secure and everything. So that's what it's all about. All of this shutting down is all about my own personal private security. And then making sure that when I come, when I, when I put information out to you guys, you guys have info for the podcast and any events that I'm going to hold. Yes, of course. I think you had a good point when you're talking about things to tell new creators that are thinking about coming here on YouTube. You know, I think that's a good point. I think you can help with that very much. Yeah, there's a lot. I, I talked to you before you started or yes. after, right after you started. And right after, like immediately. You emailed me and I think yep. you called in and you shared some content, which I'm cool with. Anybody wants to share anything, that's fine. But it was around that time and you asked me to come on your show and talk about something. And I said, no, I don't mm. collaborate with other creators. Uh, I didn't mean it in a bad way. There's anything wrong with you. And, oh, I never did that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but th that's a good advice to give to somebody. Just don't, you don't know anybody yet. People come up to you, yeah. uh, other creators, and you don't know what's going to happen. And Michelle, yeah. if you have, I don't know the history, if you have done that, against my advice, <laughs> just kidding. If you have done that, you know, things happen, and they start yeah. using it as drama content. You yes. know, And these people you basically don't know. and. Yes. um Yes, that's dangerous to do. So don't do that, you know, and I'm talking to you now, but I don't look at that as a, I'm looking at you as Michelle, not as a creator. You know, yeah. I, I just want to know what the story is to get it more clearly. And, you know, other things too, on that same note, I don't watch many other creators at all, and especially not the drama ones. Mm -hmm. You know, I do watch dramatic shows like your show is dynamic. It's dramatic and it's enjoyable to watch. You know, but as far as shows that are just concentrated on drama and things like that, I, I don't watch it. Uh, shows that talk about me. There's been people that talk about me. I don't care. Talk about old Gerald Schmemann's all you want. It doesn't matter to me because I'm not going to watch it. And that insulates you from it. You know, it's like having a wet hand and going over the fire. You know, it doesn't burn you. Mm -hmm. And that helps a lot. And you got to realize that, you know, you're... My opinion, I realize that my opinion doesn't matter. So if someone doesn't agree with me, I don't give a damn because this show isn't the Gerald Schmemann's show. It's Midnight Radio. We go over these topics. Next week, I might not be here. It might be somebody else doing this show, and it's about the topics that we're mm -hmm. presenting. So the topics come first, not the character of the person. You know, mm -hmm. don't, don't, yeah. and, and once you put yourself as the main person in your show, and that's what you're talking about, you're opening yourself up. 
you know? Great, great point. Yeah, I like that. I like looking at that as a, as a bigger picture as well. I think that's a good thing to remember and to keep in mind. And um, I think it is important to maybe somehow every now and then when, when, when you get a chance, such as yourself, even me, just help, helping and maybe a new creator, give some advice like that. You know, that's great stuff because it is it helps. That would have helped me so, you know, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. we all, I don't know, we all learn the hard way and then you get doing yeah. this and you, you get it on a schedule and you get tunnel vision. And and, yeah. and one other thing about the Idaho 4 case is, uh, and th- this is, I think this is important to you. If I was talking to you like I am now, this is what I would say. There is a AI to what Google directs you to talk about okay and the way it directs you to talk about it and it's never been more present more prevalent for me than looking at the idaho 4 case okay mm-hmm. so it take it's it's people it's wanting people to talk about wild ass speculation and wild ass theories that's what it wants from this case but it, mm-hmm. it is not the creators it is the youtube algorithm doing that and it rewards you if you do and it will punish you if you don't all right. It will punish you. So you say you're going to stop talking about the Idaho four and that's fine. And I agree. You should do that if you don't want to anymore, but you'll see that it's like YouTube is going to start punishing you. You're like, well, what the hell happened? It, it is not the people watching. It's what you, they will shut down the notifications of the people watching your stuff. If you're not mm-hmm. talking about these things. So that's not Michelle doing that. Or anybody that's attacking you, talking about the things you talk about, that is YouTube directing that with their new AI. It is them doing it. But me, I when I'm I like I'm talking about Idaho Four tonight because I want to, because uh-huh. I was looking at these old things in the affidavit and these old in the new updated 3D walkthrough, and I'm like, I want to talk about this. Yes. Now, if I don't want to talk about Idaho Four, YouTube can kiss my ass. Because I found a new way to go around the algorithm, Michelle. And that is, that's with YouTube advertisement with things that aren't Idaho 4. So mm. I have a, and you, you're good with um, your videos that you do, your pre-produced videos. That'd be mm-hmm. a good example. Uh, I have a couple of documentaries we did, one on uh, Taylor Should Business and one about the Amityville Horror. So those shows, you can use uh, YouTube to advertise and that'll push you through being locked in to the AI of Idaho four. And that's another way around that too. So, so I guess then, um, so how'd you learn about that though? How did you learn about that? I guess, how can you share that with me? Like, where did you get that from? About the AI algorithm? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So well, where did you get that info from? So two things every week in the creator studio, they have a show called the creator studio where they start talking about, you know, the way their AI works, the way their algorithm works and different things like this. But, uh, they were talking about the implementation of implementation of AI. And then I noticed, okay, you used, used to, Michelle, you used to have genres, right? You used to, mm-hmm, I don't know, yes. working on your car, cooking, you know, different broad things like that. But with this AI, they were able to go to a micro level. All right. Yes, so of course. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in a microcosm. That's why yeah. we have all these YouTube uh, people talking, but it, 
it's almost like you guys are next door neighbors, but we're in an infinite server where you're a million miles away, but it seems like you're close because the AI yes. algorithm does that. And we're a microcosm of WAS, wild ass speculation and wild ass theory slash Idaho four. So we are all linked together and I'm talking, I'll, I'll throw out some names uh, of us that are in this neighborhood. There's you, there's me, there's, you know, the drunk Turkey there's, uh, you know, just about any, any I can think of, uh, what Lana's channel is. I can't remember the name of it. And like, we're all, we're in the same algorithm and it's, it's set to, because, because these are the things that people want to watch. They force you Mm -hmm. that they demand to watch. They're forcing you to talk about it by punishing you on the other side. If you don't. Yeah. But again, there's a way around that. That is um, a good thing to, to, to do some research on. Okay. On my live, I'll let everybody know a little bit more later. Of course, um, what's going on with that. I want you to focus on your live. Of course, I don't want to take up too much time up here um, with, you know, away from your live. So. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming up. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you. And, um, yeah, I do. I want to know more about this DNA, anything that we can focus on with the facts and what's come up out, out of new, out of this paperwork. I'm really looking forward to that. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and listen before I go run some errands and just kind of hang back a little bit, if you don't mind. And, um, really appreciate you. You're the best. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. All right. Appreciate you. All right. That was my shell art, everybody. I'm going to readjust my display settings. Okay. All right. Okay, yeah, so Michelle's going through some things lately that, you know, as she said, maybe they could have been, I don't know, maybe they could have been avoided or have been a little bit easier if she knew more things before she started her YouTube channel. Maybe they could, but, you know, people, it's not just her, they don't really feel like, they don't, talk about the things that are bothering bothering them all the time she would give like overviews of it so i wanted to know exactly what 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 she was talking about all right so i'm looking on the chat right now we're about to move on with the show about the things in the kohlberger case i got i showed you the documents that are about to drop okay we're about to go on the virtual tour but before we do that i'm gonna look here at the chat room because you guys have some very good comments, and I don't want to miss them at all. Boss Macca, the best true crime podcast on YouTube. Hit that like button. You're damn right. Oh, also hit the like and subscribe. Hit this, what, subscribe and the bell. Damn it. So Hot Ham went live today, guys. And this is also something I would talk about to new creators. Hot Ham went live today. It did not 
give me a notification for it. Okay. I had the bell hit. It didn't give me a damn notification until like later, like 20 minutes later. And, um, there's ways around that on YouTube too. One thing you'll notice I did it to you today. Uh, the show was supposed to start at seven. We didn't start till seven 30. It's supposed to start at seven. Boom. As soon as I hit seven, I b- bumped it to seven fifteen, and that makes the show go out to more people because in the last 15 minutes, the show's about to go live is when it starts projecting it out to people. So this goes for you too, Michelle, if you're going to start a show, you know, say you're going to do it this time, then bump it back. I bumped it 15 minutes back to 7.15, and then it started notifying more people. I bumped it to 7.30, and it notified even more people. And we're talking in, into the thousands of the, uh, the thousands of, what do you call it? People it was notifying range. So, uh, yeah, that, that is one way to get around YouTube. All right. It's getting hot here. I'm going on to read some of these other things. Yes, I love this channel, Midnight Radio, on the radio radio. That's right. We are on the radio. Michelle was on the radio now broadcasting internationally. Ah, the YouTube monsters came for you. People are crazy. Sorry, Schmimmins. You gave me an itch and took a rocket to the moon and back. Uh, I'm going to have to rewatch this show and see what you guys were saying. Is what I'm going to have to do. It popped up when I clicked on home live. Yes, exactly. Penny also Penny Robinson. Thank you for showing up today. Exactly. I didn't see hot ham until I clicked on home. My damn chair. I'm going to have an episode where I set this some bitch on fire. I tell you. All right. Let's look at this 3d tour, this brand new 3d tour. And there's a lot of videos to it also. What is that? What does that mean? It means there's a lot of videos with it also. You'll see what I mean. It's updated. Uh, we're going to look at the murder house. All right. So directly right here, we're standing in front of the 1122 King Road, Moscow, Idaho. We're going to go on the new updated virtual tour. They update it all the time. The last time this was updated is... Like four minutes ago. All right. Satellite view of the area. Maybe we'll do a drone of drone view first. Here are drone pictures of it. So sad they had the Christmas wreath there. Such an odd shaped house to want to tear it down. And so jurors can't see it. So the front, the front, the first, the front of the house is on a lower level than the back because it's on a hill. But we know all this. This is stuff we all know. There's the ladder that a lot of people think that is what was used for the actual uh, person who did the murder. I think they actually used that. So I'm looking at this right here. Let me make sure you guys are seeing the same thing. Okay. Look at this right here. Someone could just walk right along the back. And if they go through any of these sliding guys to be, if there's a person that's pretty well fit, all right, you should be able to climb up these poles. All right. And climb up that railing with no problem. But if you just walk into the back, you're coming through the kitchen 
and it's on the second level already. You don't even have to go upstairs. All right. Now we're getting a 3D slash 2D of the bedroom of the bedrooms. We're going to look at these, and then we're going to go into the house. All right. That was the drone view. I Do we want a satellite view? Why not? Let's do it. Kind of a satellite view. All right. Let's go in that back door. I mean, front door. Okay. Man, this gets better every week and, uh, Kind of disturbing. So again, Moscow plans on tearing the house down. And they say in October, not necessarily after the trial ends. They never said that. They said they're going to postpone until October. Depiction. This is not the actual security system that may have been installed at the house, but there was one. Front door. I want to see what this says, resource page. All right, so here's some legal process update. That's right. Prosecutors in Idaho say a secret grand jury has indicted the suspect in the murder of four University of Idaho students. The Lata County District Court clerk tells ABC News the grand jury returned a multi-count indictment against Brian Koberger, including four counts of first-degree murder. He's accused of stabbing four University of Idaho students to death in an off-campus home. ABC's Kenna Whitworth has been tracking this story for us. She joins me now along with ABC News legal contributor Brian Buckmeyer for more. Kenna, how significant is this indictment? I just noticed what Stellar Star said, and this is what I was going to say. Or somebody was already inside. There was a ex-convict who was a burglar, and he said that he feels if somebody was going to do something like this, they would have already been inside the house. He said that at the time. Yeah. So if Brian Kohlberger didn't do that, somebody did it, somebody else did it, and they were waiting till they were in the place waiting for everybody to settle down for the night. You know, you're in the closet. What, what is the likelihood, guys? Seriously. Uh, okay. You're going to do something to a place. You're going to rob. You're going to kill somebody. All right. You don't just drive your, your car around, okay, and wait till you think everybody stopped, right? You're professional, or you think you are. Even Brian, right? If you were going to do something like that, you would know more. It would have been easier to do it if you were in the house already, in the house hiding. Now, you know the difference between people talking and a TV on with a door open. You know, people are talking, hey, hey, I'll change you see that. And then you hear the door shut. All right. If you're in that house in a closet, you would know. Like, okay. This one's shut. This one's shut. It's quiet. This one, this door has more noise in it than this other door. I'm going to go in this quieter door because I know people are in there. 
there's just a higher probability. And I'm not saying this happened, but if it you facts, it was carried out. So there's a higher probability of success when you're actually hiding in the place other than I'm driving my car around and around and around and around. And then, Oh, I see nothing. I see nothing. Oh, I see DoorDash. Then I drive around DoorDash's gun and I go on and kill four people in a really short amount of time. We're talking about probability. Now, whether he did it or not, that's another topic, but to do it successfully, you think that it's more believable. And that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about believable that somebody was hiding in the closet. Which closet? Maybe we'll see that too. Well, look, Diane, it's huge. This is really the first step in the legal process. And this grand jury indictment now foregoes the preliminary hearing that we all had marked on our calendars for the end of June. So we heard this morning from the late. This was almost like the first screw you from Idaho, not the first one, but county district county clerk again, confirming that a grand jury in Moscow, the county clerk, everybody, let's go Idaho has returned a multi count indictment against Brian Koberger. And that includes murder in the first degree of which he was facing four counts. You also have to remember he was facing that felony burglary count as well for entering a home, breaking into a home with the intent to commit murder. So, all right, we're going to go off this. We're going to continue here. You guys aren't even seeing the stream. There you go. All right. Also, the entry into the kitchen window, same as Bundy, house, missing screen, and Florida murders of sorority girls. Zen's closet is plausible due to the ladder. That window, it is dark to access that window on the side of the house if no one was home at the time. So... If you believe their theory, he came in through the back door and just started opening doors and slashing people. And if you're going by, you know, something that makes sense, all right, you'd say, well, it makes more sense to use a damn ladder, sneak in, hide, hide in the house in a closet until you hear, you know what? It would make sense to hide in a closet in a, a room they're not using at the time to hear Ever, the house go to bed and before you committed these murders not driving around and just walking in the back because he actually took the lives of four people all right uh let's continue i can't go with what man is saying it doesn't seem right to me We got a whole lot here. First court appearance. We got second court appearance. We got suspect discovery request. We got the full affidavit, which we were going to look over. So here's the affidavit. What I want to look at is the timeline to all this mess. We're going to look at the affidavit. And then we're going to go, we're going to focus on the timeline. Then we're going to look at the 3D tour of the house as we go. I can't go with why MSM has their own narrative and makes no sense to me, which is what I meant to say. Sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. I understand things are hard to type. I misspell a lot of times because I'll have a keyboard, you know, I'm at this station. I'll have a keyboard shoved to the right and I'm doing it with like half my fingers. All right. So let's go to 
the meat and potatoes of this. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to read the beginning of it. Good Lord Almighty. Here it is right at the beginning. On November 13th, 2022, at approximately 4 p.m., Moscow Police Department, Sergeant Baker and I responded to 1122 King Road to assist with scene security and processing of a crime scene. We got 4 p.m. is when they were called to process the crime scene. And they're saying what uh, the murders occurred at around 4 a.m. 12 hours later, 12 hours before the crime scene was processed. You know, somebody told me of an interview, so this is secondhand, thirdhand information, that somebody did with a... um, a coroner and they were saying if the uh, coroner was let in there you know earlier they would have been able to take a body temperature and it would have been more accurate as the time that the bodies cease to live now i don't need to go in here with who found who where and uh, where they were at because really what i'm looking for is an interview of maddie mogan not once did they ask why are you calling us 12 hours later All right, Bethany Funk, Bethany Funk. As part of the investigation, numerous interviews were conducted by Moscow Police Departments, Idaho State Police Detectives, and FBI agents. Two of the interviews included BF, which is Bethany Funk, and DM, which stands for, let's see, what does the M stand for? I want to say Dylan Mulvaney, but I know that's not right. I don't remember what the last name stands for. Anyway. It is Dylan. We're inside the King Road residence at the time of the homicides and we're roommates to the victim's BF's bedroom. <clears throat> was located on the east side of the first floor of the King residence. And that should have been right there to the right as you walk in to the front door. Based on numerous interviews conducted by MPD officers, IPS detectives, and FBI agents, as well as my review of evidence, I've learned the following. All right, here we go with the time. On the evening of November 12th, 2022, Chapin and Kernodal are seen by Bethany Funk at the Sigma Chi House on the University of Idaho campus from, from approximately 9 p.m. to November on November 12th, 1.45, on November 13th, which would be, what the hell? On November 13th, Bethany Funk also estimated that at approximately 1.45 a.m., Chapin and Kernodal returned to the King Road residence. Bethany Funk also stated that Chapin did not live in the King Road residence, but was a guest of Kernodal. Gonsalves and Mogan were at a local bar, the Corner Club, at 2202 North Main Street in Moscow. Gonsalves and Mogan, and they were with Jack DeCour, by the way. We saw him there. They tried to keep that away from us for no reason. can be seen on the video footage provided by the Corner Club between 10 p.m. on November 12th and 1.30 a.m. on November 13th. At approximately 1.30 a.m., Gonsalves and Mogan can be seen on a video at a local food vendor called Das Grub Truck. At 13.8, at, uh, wait, 3.18, 
South Main Street in downtown Moscow. The Grub Truck live-streamed video from their food truck on the streaming platform Twitch, which is available for public viewing on their website. This video was captured by law enforcement. A private party, Blank, reported that he provided a ride to Gonsalves and Mogan at approximately 1.56 a.m. From a downtown Moscow, from downtown Moscow, in front of the Grub Truck to the King Road residence. DM and BF both made statements during interviews that indicated the occupants of the King Road residence were at home by 2 a.m. 2 a.m. And sleep, or at least in their rooms, by approximately 4 a.m. I'm glad Boss Mac is here, hopefully still in the chat room there, because we're going to talk about how much time it took to commit the murders from some guy that wandered in off the street, right? Asleep at least in the rooms by approximately 4 a.m. This is with the exception of Kernodal, who received a DoorDash order at the residence at approximately 4 a.m. Law enforcement identified the DoorDash driver, delivery driver, who reported this information. Continuing through the timeline here, DM stated she originally went to sleep in her bedroom on the southeast side of the second floor. DM stated she was awoken at approximately 4 a.m. by what she stated sounded like Gonsalves playing with her dog in one of the upstairs bedrooms, which were located on the third floor. A short time later, DM said she heard who she thought was Gonsalves say something to the effect of, there's somebody here. A review of records obtained from a forensic download of Kernodal's phone showed this could have also been Kernodal. As her cellular phone indicated, she was likely awakened using TikTok app at approximately 4.12 a.m. 4.12, that was the last time, right? DM stated, holy Moses. Okay, let's go back up here. Hold this, Hold on a second. We're talking about that DoorDash delivery at 4 a.m. So we're looking at the time, 4 a.m. until... So we're talking about... A, uh, moments dm stated she looked out of her bedroom but didn't see anything when she heard the comment about someone being in the house dm stated she opened her door a second time when she heard what she thought was crying from kernodal's room all right so she heard the crying and then she opened up her room door DM then said she heard a male voice say something to the effect of, it's okay, I'm going to help you. At approximately 4.17 a.m., a security camera located at 1112 King Road, a residence immediately to the northwest of 1122 King Road, see the Panty Pilfer episode, picked up distorted audio of what sounded like voices or a whisper followed by a loud thud. This is 4.17 a.m. The security camera is less than 50 feet from the west wall of Kernodal's bedroom. Kernodal's bedroom. DM stated she opened her door for the third time, third time, after she heard the crying and saw a figure clad in black clothing and a mask that covered the person's mouth and nose. Walking toward her, DM described the figure as 5'10 or taller, male, not very muscular, but athletically built, some big-ass bushy eyebrows. The male walked past DM as she stood in a frozen shock phase, quote-unquote. 
The male walked towards the back sliding glass door of the kitchen, we assume. Diem locked herself in her room after seeing the male. She's in a shock face at the time she saw him. She's out of the shock face. She went in her room. Diem did not state that she recognized the male. This leads investigators to believe that the murderer left the scene. The combination of Diem's statements to law enforcement, reviews of forensic downloads of records from BF and Diem's phone, and video of a suspect... Video, as described below, leads investigators to believe homicides occurred between 4 a.m. and 4.25 a.m. Or you can believe 4 a.m. and 4.17 a.m. 17 minutes. 25 minutes it would have been after four like 403 405 because the doordash driver had to pull away and it would have the exact time that he was there delivering the food during the processing of the crime scene this is important pay attention during the processing of the crime scene investigators found a latent shoe print fresh one right This was located during the second processing of the crime scene by ISP forensics team by first using a presumptive blood test and then amino black, a protein stain that detected the presence of cellular material. The detected shoe print showed a diamond-shaped pattern. No shit. Used amino black? Wait a second, though. This is 12 effing hours after you were called. Right. It's later shown that this was not Brian Kohlberger's, but this was a footprint in the blood. They're not saying who it is other than Kohlberger's outside. Sloppy as hell. Amino black, a protein stain that detects the presence of cellular material. The detective shoe print showed a diamond-shaped pattern similar to the pattern of Vans-type shoe soles just outside the door of DM's bedroom located on the second-level floor. And it's not Brian Kohlberger's. I'm not saying Brian didn't do it. But damn, look at all this evidence. Tonight, the goal is to go over the things that disturb us. Now that we have more time, now that we have more information, that we know that they found that this was an issue. As part of the investigation, an extensive search commonly referred to in law enforcement as video canvas was conducted in the area of King Road. This video canvas was to obtain any footage from the early morning hours of 13th, 2022 in the area of King Road residents and surrounding neighborhoods in an effort to locate the suspects. And they're talking about the footage of everything. And they're talking about the times. A review of the footage from multiple videos obtained from King Road neighborhood showed multiple sightings of suspect vehicle one, which was the white Elantra, starting at 329 a.m. and ending at 420 a.m. Suspect vehicle one can be seen. Wait a second. Wait a second. 
A review of footage from multiple videos obtained from King Road neighborhood showed multiple sightings of Vehicle 1 starting at 329 and ending at three at 420. So you see his vehicle multiple times when the murder is supposedly being taken place? That's what you just told me. These sightings show suspect Vehicle 1 makes an initial three passes. Three passes by 1122 King Road residents and then... Leave via Valentia Drive. Based off my experience as a patrol officer, this is a residential neighborhood with a very limited number of vehicles that travel in the area during the early morning hours. You're full of shit. All right, I want this thrown out. Based off my experience as a patrol officer, this is a residential neighborhood with a very limited number of vehicles that travel in this area during the early morning hours. Bullshit. Because the police were over there this was a game night, all right? And the police were over there giving tickets to drunk teenagers from the from the the damn house over there. So you're telling me in your in your opinion there wouldn't have been more traffic on a game night? Is that what you're telling me, officer? Slap nuts. Is that what you're telling me? Get out of my office. I don't see all right, suspect one vehicle is next seen departing the area of King Road residence at approximately 4.20 a.m. at a high rate of speed. What are the other times that you saw his vehicle? Officer Slap Nuts, you told me you saw it three other times. You didn't give me any times. Did you see him during the times you say the murder was taking place? Because that's what it looks like. That is what it looks like. It looks like you're leaving stuff out to make it look like the only firm suspect you have did it. We want facts, not your feelings and opinions. Look at this. Can you see this? They said three times and only give us the time of 420 when they saw him leave the area. All right, I'm not going to go over this anymore. I'm done with the affidavit. All right, I'm going to go... I want to look at more of this. All right. Here's a detailed visual timeline. I'm going to play this while I'm looking at your comments. On November 13th, 2022, these four university students were discovered stabbed in their home in Moscow, Idaho. Local police described the case as very complex, and it took more than six weeks for a suspect to be arrested. We pieced together information from a case affidavit released by authorities, verified publicly available evidence, and pulled in ABC News reporting to create a visual timeline outlining significant events in this case. I'm Emmanuel Saliba, a senior reporter with ABC News. It's around 9 p.m. local time on Saturday, November 12th in Moscow, Idaho. According to an affidavit released by authorities, Zana Kernodal and her boyfriend, Ethan Chapin, are seen hanging out at the Sigma Chi house. It's about a five-minute walk from their off-campus house on King Road. Zana's roommates, Kaylee Gonsalves and Madison Mogan, are at the Corner Club. It's a historic sports bar in town. They stay at the bar for about three hours, according to an affidavit released by authorities. And around 1.30 a.m., Kaylee and Maddie leave the Corner Bar. The next available images we have of them are in this surveillance footage obtained by ABC News. 
They're heading towards a local food truck, which is about a six-minute walk from the bar. Police say this man with them is not a suspect. This is the Grub Truck. They have been streaming live on Twitch since about 10 p.m. And around 1.41 a.m., we see all three of them walk into frame. Maddie and Kaylee order food. Have a good night. Bye. Hello. Hi. Welcome back. Hi. Absolutely. How many more do you need? Uh, That's the second one? Awesome. Don's mom. Um, $10. Said, oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you very much. They wait around for about 10 minutes. Around 1.51 a.m., they grab food from the truck window and walk out of frame. Police confirm that at this point, they get picked up by a car service. And about six minutes later, they arrive at home on King Road. According to an affidavit, Ethan and Zana are ready in the house, along with two other roommates. 2.47 a.m., according to police, a phone belonging to the suspect, Brian Koberger, stops connecting to the cell network in nearby Pullman, Washington. This is where he lives and studies criminology as a PhD student at Washington State University. 2.53 a.m. Authorities say a white sedan consistent with a vehicle registered to Koberger is seen traveling towards the highway that connects Pullman and Moscow. It's only about a 10-mile drive between the two cities. At 3.29 a.m., surveillance footage obtained by police from the King Road neighborhood captures a white sedan making an initial drive by the victim's house. Authorities say this car will make another two passes in the next 30 minutes. It's 4 a.m. According to the affidavit, Zana receives a DoorDash delivery. And a source tells ABC News that the delivery is contactless and the order is left at the front door. A surviving roommate would later tell authorities that around this time, 4 a.m., she wakes up to what sounds like Kaylee playing with her dog in the room on the third floor. She also reports hearing someone say, there's someone here. 4.04 a.m., authorities say the white sedan is seen driving into the neighborhood a fourth time. 4.12 a.m., according to phone records obtained by police, Zana is awake and using TikTok. The affidavit states that the same surviving roommate says she hears what sounds like crying coming from Zana's room. She opens her door a second time and says she hears a male voice say something to the effect of, it's okay, I'm going to help you. At 4.17 a.m., this security camera on a neighbor's home picks up distorted audio of what sounds like voices or a whimper followed by a loud thud. A dog can also be heard barking numerous times. This camera is less than 50 feet from Zana's bedroom. The affidavit states their surviving roommate then opens her door a third time. She sees a masked man walking past her towards the sliding glass door in the kitchen. In frozen shock, she locks her door. 4.20 a.m., police say the white sedan is seen leaving the neighborhood at a high rate speed. 5.25 a.m., authorities say that same vehicle is seen on five cameras back in the Pullman area near where the suspect lives. And then, between 9.12 and 9.21 a.m., police say data collected shows the suspect's phone appearing near the scene of the murders. About eight hours after the killings, a 911 call reports an unconscious person at the scene of the crime. 
Shortly after, Moscow police discover the bodies of four students. The facts of the case that we know right now. November 16th, police reveal the four victims were stabbed to death. The four were stabbed with a knife, but no weapon has been located at this time. We are eternally grateful that we spent so much time with him. This is Ethan's mom on November 30th at a vigil honoring her son and the three other victims. That's the most important message that we have for you and your families. It's to make sure that you spend as much time as possible with those people because time is precious and it's something you can't get back. We're looking for a 2011 to a 2013 Hyundai Elantra. December 7th, no suspects have been publicly identified and Moscow police appeal to the public for help. Any assistance you can give us, um, anybody that owns one, anybody that knows of someone who owns one or may have been driving one, if you could get a hold of us um, through our tip line or um, call us directly. Um, just the tip. He just wants the tip. December he loves 15, the tip. Koberger and his father are driving eastbound on I-70 when they get pulled over by a Hancock County Sheriff's deputy. Hello. How you doing? How y'all doing today? Good, good. Take a look at your driver's license real quick if I could. See, he's right up on that van, man. You're right up on the back end of that van. So you're coming from Washington State University? And you're going where? Oh. Oh, okay. Trying to catch Brian riding dirty. Hours. Hours, days. They're driving across the country to their family home in Pennsylvania. Okay. Well, do me a favor and don't follow too close, okay? Ten minutes later, they are pulled over again, but this time by Indiana State Police. Both departments would later say they had no identifying information on the suspect at the time of these stops or the alleged vehicle involved. The Indiana State Police added in another statement that its agency wasn't directed by the FBI to make the traffic stop. Fifteen days later, Koberger is arrested in Pennsylvania. The FBI identified the suspect by linking DNA evidence from the crime scene to a public genealogy database. January 3rd, he is extradited back to Idaho where he is charged with felony burglary and four counts of first-degree murder. In a statement, his extradition lawyer in Pennsylvania said his client was eager to be exonerated. The suspect remains in custody awaiting his next court appearance in June. playing a didgeridoo in the background grant hi everyone george stephanopoulos go away george oh no all right okay let's see if there's anything else we want to look at before we move on oh Go away. All right, so we're back. We're back in the house. I'm going to click on this one more time. So we went over the affidavit. We look at the timelines, detailed spreadsheet timeline events. You can get that on our website. The detailed spreadsheet timeline events, always updated, is at midnightrad.io. Look at the Idaho 4 article when and where the victims were targeted. ABC 
news visual timeline. Detailed visual timeline. Suspect car movements timeline. Suspects enters home movements timeline. Mattress removal. Uh, real estate photos. There's no photos, no video of the crime scene, uh, bodies being removed or anything like that. All right. They make it hard to click off. All right, going back. All right, let's do the, let's go ahead and do the tour here. All right, tour time. H. Potter says, I believe Brian is innocent. Grant Williams says, imagine non-burger's butt plug after being pulled over the second time. Oh, my. T.D. McCoy says, finally made it, y'all. It's been months, T.D. Where you been? I was moving baby chickens and ducks. All right, let's continue here. Uh, Grant Williams says, come on, Harry, tell me why he's innocent. Well, there's one thing, Harry, looking at all this, or I should say the lack of evidence they have, it's like, well, it's hard to convict him on what we have. You're going to have to have a convincing argument. Tell me come to trial for sure based on what you gave me. You said that during the time of the murder, you saw him circle three something times. And you didn't tell me what time. You didn't tell me what time. That means he wasn't in there. You didn't tell me what time. You told me what time he is speeding away, which was at the end of your timeline of the murders. Well, you know, that's a big, damn big difference. Why did you leave that out? If you were so sure. All right, so we're entering this room right here. This is a vacant bedroom, B1. The one that we were all told at the time was one of the surviving girls. Uh, BM, is that right? No, it's DM and BF. Good lordy. This image is from Zana Carnotal's Facebook page. It shows a makeup desk she wanted to sell. It's positioned in the bedroom 1B. The desk is against the window positioned along the inner side wall near the door to the bedroom. Right there this is it showing the doorknobs this bedroom was vacant at the time of the murders perfectly good room destroyed all right continuing here move it what? Let me out of this room. All right, let's go this other way. Ah, so I got it wrong. This is BF's room right here. Okay, and this is a bathroom. Which they found nothing in. in the utility room. All right, bedroom 1A. Smallest bedroom. Of course, in the most plain So this is the vantage point she would have had. 
from affidavit page two. Two of the interviews, including BF and DM, both BF and DM were inside the King Rose residence at the time of the homicides and were roommates to the victims. BF's bedroom was located on the east side of the floor of the King Road residence. Okay. What is that? Man, this can make you dizzy. The hell? Okay, backing away. It's backing away. Going to the front door. There's the coat rack. Here's the stairs we're going to go up now. On November 13th, 2022, at approximately 4 p.m., Moscow Police Department Sergeant Blaker and I responded to 1122 King Road, Moscow, Idaho, to assist with scene security and processing of a crime scene associated with four homicides. Upon our arrival, the Idaho State Police forensic team was on the scene and was preparing to begin processing the scene. Moscow Police Officer Smith, one of the initial responding officers to the incident, advised he would walk me through the scene. All righty. Going up. All right, this was this was their living room. I don't know I'm sounding like Casey Kasem. I was hoping there would be something from the affidavit read in every room. But I guess not. Maybe. Here we go. Officer Smith and I entered the King Road residence through the bottom floor door on the north side of the building. Officer Smith and I then walked upstairs to the second floor. Officer Smith directed me down the hallway to the west bedroom on the second floor, which I later learned, through Zana's driver's license and other personal belongings found in the room, was Zana Kernodal's room. Just before this room, there was a bathroom door on the south wall of the hallway. As I approached the room, I could see a body, later identified as Kernodal's, laying on the floor. Kernodal was deceased with wounds which appeared to have been caused by an edged weapon. Also in the room was a male, later identified as Ethan Chapin. Chapin was also deceased with wounds later determined to be caused by sharp force injuries. All righty. Moving right along. Uh, so we got a real picture. Somebody said in the chat room, uh, Harry Potter said that you can't really appreciate Bethany's view or Dylan's view. Let me get this right. Because it was a good point. Harry, Harry Potter, the man with the Harry Pod. Where are you at? Where's that comment? Ah, here we go. You can't really appreciate DM's vantage point from 3D. Very right, very right, but there's pictures uh, just like this one. Real life pictures from her vantage point, which we will look at here in a minute. Because they are available in this tour. They were last time. All right, let's continue this way, and we'll go back. Bathroom. Do we need to go to the bathroom? Anybody need to go to the bathroom? All right. Speculation that Ethan was found here due to ambiguous interpretation of the affidavit. Zan was found on the floor of bedroom 2B. Just before this room, there was a bathroom door on the south wall of the hallway. As I approached the room, I could see a bloody 
Sorry. I could see a body later identified as Kernodal's laying in the floor. Kernodal was deceased with wounds which appeared to have been caused by an edged weapon. Okay, we're in the room now. A lot going on here. Officer Smith and I entered the King Road residence through the bottom floor door on the north side of the building. Officer Smith and I then walked upstairs to the second floor. Officer Smith directed me down the hallway to the west bedroom on the second floor, which I later learned, through Zana's driver's license and other personal belongings found in the room, was Zana Kernodal's room. Just before this room, there was a bathroom door on the south wall of the hallway. As I approached the room, I could see a body, later identified as Kernodal's, laying on the floor. Kernodal was deceased with wounds which appeared to have been caused by an edged weapon. Also in the room was a male, later identified as Ethan Chapin. Chapin was also deceased with wounds later determined to be caused by sharp force injuries. Here's some comments from the chat room. Bread to Kill says, no one premeditating is going to drive around in circles looking dumb right before going in to do some horrific acts like this, especially not a criminology student. Hot Ham Radio says, I love AI voice. I know I do. I love getting... I love getting emails about AI also. <laughs> AI. Bread to kill. This is where the problem of seeing him guilty starts off for me. H. Potter says, but I mean, her actual vantage point would be more precise if she could actually stand where she was. Pictures don't do it either. I see your point. Noisy Cat says, has anyone else dug into the Idaho court records and seen the mysterious charge against Rosie in December? It's still open, but doesn't say what the charge is. I'm dying to know. I don't know about that. We're continuing our tour here. If you haven't yet, please throw a son of a bitch a bone and hit that like button. Please, for God's sakes, hit the like button and subscribe and hit the bell so you know we go live so you can join in the conversation matter of fact if you want to join in the conversation right now i got the line open for you baby 325-261-0892 that way you can be heard if you don't want to be heard don't call this is a wall where red substance is seen trickling down the foundations at the rear of the house click to view the gallery here we go So the wall is behind the headboard. So it's not like the whole side, the whole bed was there. Wow. So to let you guys know, um, I was in the military. I have training in a K bar training. And uh, the K bar is a particular ni- knife that you don't slice with. It's a particular way you hold it. There's a way you hold it too. Um, here I can show you. I don't know why I'm doing this. Let me blow myself up. I'll show you guys the way you're supposed to hold the K bar. All right. So this is your K bar, which is really a remote control to my background light. Mmm. 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 Mysterious. All right. So this is K-Bar. You hold it, not like a knife. You don't stab. You hold it like this. 
and you a K bar is much longer than this and you have it on this side. Now, when you're using it, you would typically come over like this and what you're supposed to do with the K bar is you're supposed to hit organs. So you're supposed to hit lungs, you're supposed to hit liver, you can hit heart through the ribs. It's a stabbing stabbing type thing. So that's what you do. All right, continuing here. There's the blood running down. There's the room the blood ran down. Ethan found there. Zana found there. Here's a close up. Again, Ethan found there and uh, Zana found here. South wall, west wall. Without the bed. And a new, that was a more later picture taken about the blood. All right, so here we are still in this room. Okay, this is standing in that particular place. They were saying Ethan was here and Zana was there on the floor. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Standing on the other side of the bed. Which side did he come in on? Who knows? Okay, we already went over all this. I'm going to leave this room now, guys. To be honest, if, you know, this stuff freaks me out. I don't want to lie, especially there's something about the 3D of it that I find disturbing because I'm a human being, I guess. Nine ten. Guys, can anybody drive me to class? I'm fucking late for my routine. I'm supposed to be there ten minutes ago. Did anybody go there tours today? Fuck, I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> Did you see that right there? Oh shit, you guys, it's eight. Gotta go, Jason. Oh, Jason. Oh my god, I look horrid. <laughs> oh, you look so cute. Get, get out of here. You seriously gotta get out of here. You're fucking stupid as shit. That's called roommates pretending to be each other. That was a hard one to watch when you're walking through the murder scene, guys. This is where they were. So if you're standing here, that's their TV. They had the Roku on. Okay, we're about to go into the another room, guys. Uh, what is this? Hold on. I saw something. Oh, view this location at night. That's what it would look like at night. Whizzing through here, knowing every bedroom. You got a good vibe sign. 
uh, shining in your face. So you're going from outside where there's a lot of uh, ear driving. There's other lights in your face. There's road lights. You know, everything. You pop in here, and in, what, 15 minutes, you murder four people on different levels of a house. And it's the first time you murdered anybody, especially with a knife. All right. This is the kitchen. What is that? DM's room. Oh, yeah, this is her room. Again, this is right here. Where, I don't know they have a night. But the good vibrations sign is right here. It's going to be pitch black at night. We're going to see what it's like outside of her room. After... You go into the kitchen. Confirm intruder's path of travel to exit. The male walked towards the back sliding glass door. DM locked herself in her room after seeing the male. DM did not state that she recognized the male. This leads investigators to believe that the murder that the murderer left the scene. Officer Pine. All right, go into the kitchen. Confirm intruder's entry slash exit point. The male walked towards the back sliding glass door. DM locked herself in her room after seeing the male. DM did not state that she recognized the male. This leads investigators to believe that the murderer left the scene. Here's a picture. It's a kitchen patio. What it looks like down below. Interesting looking house. Very odd, though. Kaylee's bedroom's right above in 3B. Above. Very interesting look. Latent shoe print location, approximately position slash location. Click. There it is. During the processing of the crime scene, investigators found a latent shoe print. This was located during the processing of the crime scene by ISP forensic team. By first using a presumptive blood test and then amino black, a protein stain that detects the presence of cellular material. The detected shoe print showed a diamond-shaped pattern similar to the pattern of Vans type of shoe sole. Just outside the door of DM's bedroom, located on the second floor, this is consistent with DM's statement regarding the suspect's path of travel. All right. Okay. Another kitchen pick. DM and BF both made statements during interviews that indicated the occupants of the King Road residence were at home by 2 a.m., and asleep at at least, or at least in their rooms by approximately 4 a.m. This is with the exception of Kernodal, who received a DoorDash order at the residence at approximately 4 a.m. Law enforcement identified the DoorDash delivery driver who reported this information, and there's her DoorDash. So, you see her food there in the kitchen and a drink. You see her DoorDash open. She liked it her way, so she had Burger King. We don't know where her food is. She ate it. She had time to eat it. Did she eat it? They would know. 
that would be a really great uh, way to look at the time. All right, guys, I'm going to continue here. We're going into DM's room now. We're in DM's room. DM stated she originally went to sleep in her bedroom. Oh, dang it. I'm going to go back and listen to that again, and then we're going to see her view. DM stated she originally went to sleep in her bedroom on the southeast side of the second floor. DM stated she was awoken at approximately 4 a.m. by what she stated sounded like Goncalves playing with her dog in one of the upstairs bedrooms, which were located on the third floor. A short time later, DM said she heard who she thought was Goncalves say something to the effect of, there's someone here. A review of records obtained from a forensic download of Kernodal's phone showed this could also have been Kernodal, as her cellular phone indicated she was likely awake and using the TikTok app at approximately 4.12 a.m. DM stated she looked out of her bedroom but did not see anything when she heard the comment about someone being in the house. DM states she opened her door a second time when she heard what she thought was crying coming from Kernodal's room. DM then said she heard a male voice say something to the effect of, It's okay, I'm going to help you. At approximately 4.17 a.m., a security camera located at 1112 King Road, a residence immediately to the northwest of 1122 King Road, picked up distorted audio of what sounded like voices or a whimper followed by a loud thud. A dog can also be heard barking numerous times starting at 4.17 a.m. The security camera is less than 50 feet from the west wall of Kernodal's bedroom. DM said she opened her door for the third time after she heard the crying and saw a figure clad in black clothing and a mask that covered the person's mouth and nose, walking towards her. DM described the figure as 5 feet 10 inches or taller, male, not very muscular, but athletically built with bushy eyebrows. The male walked past DM as she stood in a frozen shock phase. The male walked towards the back sliding glass door. DM locked herself in her room after seeing the male. DM did not state that she recognized the male. This leads investigators to believe that the murderer left the scene. The combination of DM's statements to law enforcement, reviews of forensic downloads of records from BF and DM's phone, and video of a suspect video as described below, leads investigators to believe the homicides occurred between 4 a.m. and 4.25 a.m. All right, so this is DM's room. Nothing happened in here. Other Man, she's got a... Her room looks big. Let's look at the actual picture of it to see what it looks like. It looks the same. It's hard to see. Can I stand on? I'm going to stand over here first. I'm going to look. Yeah. Okay. Right out there. Right underneath the balcony. Okay. We've been wondering got to go back again you want to see what she, the way she looked out that door at the time of night she did and see what it looked like here's a supplementary view right here they're saying this is it out of her room and out here oh it's easy to get lost for me how did I get all the way out here If I'm standing here and I'm looking down, seeing this latent shoe print. It seems like he was awful close to the damn door. 
Oh, by the way, that shoe print wasn't his. So, I mean, those ladies that didn't call the police right away when they found the bodies and they called people from the, what do you call it, sorority house to tramp around the crime scene, pretty damn bad, pretty damn bad. We're going to talk about that. I mean, Ann Taylor, I expect her to hammer that. You just, when we get to this trial, if we see it, they allow um, audio and video and we get that after the day, the day's events. And we go through that. I mean, I really expect her to hammer some of these things home. I then followed Officer Smith upstairs to the third floor of the residence. The third floor consisted of two bedrooms and one bathroom. The bedroom on the west side of the floor was later determined to be Kaylee Goncalves's room. I later learned, from a review of Officer Nuna's body camera, there was a dog in the room when Moscow police officers initially responded. The dog belonged to Goncalves and her ex-boyfriend Jack Duker. I found out from my interview with Jack Duker on November 13, 2022, that he and Goncalves shared the dog. Officer Smith then pointed out a small bathroom on the east side of the third floor. This bathroom shared a wall with Madison Mogan's bedroom, which was situated on the southeast corner of the third floor. Jack Duker, everybody. Bo and Jack Duker. Luke Duker. It's decor. But the AI can't pronounce some things, but don't worry. They'll get that fixed in a few months. All right, so there's the the bathroom. We're going to stand here. We're going to go into Maddie's room. So we're uh, um, 3A. Maddie's boots were with Maddie and the boots. Do you think the pink boots in the window was a sign? Just saying, who puts their boots in the window? Especially if they're pink. I'm not saying this was a drug house. I am not. But have you ever seen shoes wrapped on a um, electric line? It's a symbol of there being drugs in the house next to those shoes. You can say, "Hey, I'm on this." Uh, the shoes are on, you know, the high the high wire up there. And like, okay. What about pink boots in the window? Well, guys, I know a lot about boots. I'm here in Texas. We don't put our boots in windows, especially if they're pink, because they wouldn't want them to get faded. I don't know. Maybe they were wet or something. I'm not saying that there's drugs involved. Others have. As I entered this bedroom, I could see two females in the single bed in the room. Both Goncalves and Mogan were deceased with visible stab wounds. I also later noticed what appeared to be a tan leather knife sheath laying on the bed next to Mogan's right side when viewed from the door. The sheath was later processed and had K-Bar, USMC, and the United States Marine Corps Eagle Globe and Anchor Insignia stamped on the outside of it. The Idaho State Lab later located a single source of male DNA left on the button snap of the knife sheath. My sixth grade English teacher taught me to stop writing things like I later learned. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't know how good Ann Taylor is, but if F. Lee Bailey or Alex Murnau's lawyers, I would imagine we would hear a lot more about his innocence. Uh, Nosy Cat says, yes, shoes can mean that, or if can mean memorial, four pairs online for four souls gone. 
Yes, there was some outside on the line from Pickshone. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Maybe AI wrote this. Maybe I am AI. Who is AI? Knife sheath found here. I also later noticed what appeared to be a tan leather knife sheath laying on the bed next to Mogan's right side. When viewed from the door, the sheath was later processed and had K-Bar, USMC, and the United States Marine Corps Eagle globe and anchor stamped on the outside of it. The Iowa State Lab later located a single source of male DNA left on the button of the snap. Just the button. It's a tip. Just the button. Madison and Kaylee were both found on the bed in this bedroom. As I entered this bedroom, I could see two females in the single bed in the room. Both Gonsalves and Mogan were deceased with visible stab wounds. I also later noticed what appeared to be a tan leather knife sheath laying on the bed next to Mogan's right side. When viewed from the door, the sheath was later processed and had K-Bar USMC and the United States Marine Corps Eagle Globe and Anchor stamped on the side of it. Idaho State Lab later located a single source of DNA. So sad that they both died that night. This was Kayla Gonsalves' last night there with her friend before she went to live her best life. Although I did find out that um, Kayla Gonsalves' job, she didn't have to be there in person. She could work it from home. It was some kind of coding job. I thought that was interesting. But it's very sad. This last night they had together before she started her life from college was their last. Photo of Madison Mogan in her room, 3A. It's hard to think about. Just go ahead and take a minute. Look, look around the room you're in. That could be your last place that you're alive on this earth. Someone could take your life anytime. And you live your life, you know, sunshine, flowers, you know, pink sweaters and smiles. But uh, at any moment, it could be gone. Any moment. All right, we're leaving this room. We're going to continue here. in Kaylee's room the four people have already we've gone through all their rooms the four people that have were eliminated that night so disturbing I then followed OFC Smith upstairs to the third floor of the residence the third floor consisted of two bedrooms and one bathroom the bedroom on the west side of the floor was later determined to be Kaylee Gonsalves hereafter Gonsalves room i later learned from the rear of the officer nunez body camera there was a dog in the room where moscow police officers initially responded the dog belonged to gonsalves and her ex-boyfriend jack duker i found out from my interview with jack duker on november 13 2022 that he and gonsalves shared the dog murphy the dog everybody that is a cute dog, Murphy. Just want to hug Murphy, guys. 
All right, this is the balcony via 3B. And this was whose room again? Gonsalves' room? I think she had the coolest room. I mean, you have your own balcony that you can walk out on your own balcony. Cool. Bedroom 3B. There's another picture. She had a spotlight there for some reason. Although the room was empty. She was selling all of her stuff too. All right, guys. I'm going to go to the chat room and... I then followed Officer Smith upstairs to the third floor of the residence. The third floor consisted of two bedrooms and one bathroom. The bedroom on the west side of the floor was later determined to be Kaylee Goncalves's room. I later learned, from a review of Officer Nuna's body camera, there was a dog in the room when Moscow police officers initially responded. The dog belonged to Goncalves and her ex-boyfriend Jack Duker. I found out from my interview with Jack Duker on November 13, 2022, that he and Goncalves shared the dog. Officer Smith then pointed out a small bathroom on the east side of the third floor. This bathroom shared a wall with Madison Mogan's bedroom, which was situated on the southeast corner of the third floor. All right, guys, is there anything else you guys want to see before we leave this 3D house? Nope. Just checking. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We've completed the tour, uh, the 3D tour of the Moscow, Idaho murder house, as it's called. Uh, I do have some more stories, but we have, we had Michelle up here and got to talk to her for a bit. So I don't have time. So I will go over them tomorrow. Um, yeah, some very disturbing stories and damn it. I'll tell you what, I'll give you 15 more minutes and then we're going to do a cold stop because I just got the document from the Idaho 4 case that just came out and I'd rather let it break live here first, right? Right, right, right. It's four pages. It's motion to compel, motion of defense of alibi. So it's like, no, you're not. Yes, you are. No, you're not. Yes, you are. Right here. Oh, never mind. I just got my producer just contacted me behind the scenes and like, no, that's the one we've already gone over. Don't go over it. Okay, good, 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 good. Sorry, guys. No new document yet. I just received a new one of the old one. We've already gone over. It's all right. It's all right. Because maybe we'll get it tomorrow. We're going to go over. We're going to do this again tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, put that on there. You can hear it live. You can watch it live on YouTube or you can listen to it at midnightrad.io. Actually, we actually have a video feed at midnightrad.io. Also, uh, you can watch us. We have a video feed that just goes to the website. So if we ever get pulled from YouTube, it doesn't matter because we are on streaming on our own website. Michelle, if you're still listening, I don't know if you are or not. I can teach you how to stream on your own website without even needing YouTube. Ha <laughs> ha. How about that? <laughs> I will show anybody how to do that. Okay. 
I'd like to thank you all for showing up. Personally, I would like to thank Lisa Maxwell, everybody. She's our executive producer. Let's hear it for Lady Lisa Maxwell. I would like to thank Grant very much. Haven't seen him in a while. It's good to see him. I'd like to thank Bread to Kill You All, Miss Kelly. I'd like to thank Hot Ham Radio, TD McCoy. Come on down, Zumac. I'd like to thank Dealey Pickles, Boss Mac, if I didn't say it. I think I did. And, uh,. Everybody else that bailed out, Electra. Ooh, ooh, ooh. H. Potter, everybody. Thank you guys very much. We're going to be here again tomorrow night. Until then, let me see. Hey, we have a radio station. You can listen 24-7. We have the hottest hits streaming 24-7. We also have shows. Right? If I'm live here on YouTube, I'm live on the radio. Also, we have, uh, let's see, what do we got? Starting Wednesday, we have uh, DJ Julianne. She does third, the Third Rock Radio Show. And she's got a very creepy case she's going to talk about as she spins the hits on Wednesday from 9 to midnight. And Thursday, you have Hot Ham. She does Smack of Ham. She goes from 8, eight to 10, Smack of Ham on Wednesday. You guys in your... Your damn names of your shows are hard to pronounce. On Friday, we have uh, Prim's Playlist with Primrose. On Friday, she goes from 8 to 10. And then on Saturdays, we have DJ Johnny Vincent with Gen X Radio, where he spins the hits for the millennial, actually the Generation X. All right. Oh, my God. We have an app on the Google Play Store. We have a Midnight Radio app. It's completely free. And what's cool about that is if you have an Android device, I send messages straight to it. I send out the bat signal whenever one of us is going to go live. All right? Uh, We also have, we are available on the TuneIn app, which is available in your car, Android or Apple. And you can look up Midnight Radio on there. Catch us streaming live. We're available on the Sea Crane Wi-Fi 3 Internet Radio. We're there, Midnight Radio. So if you got your grandmother one of those in a retirement home, by golly, gumdrops, we're on there. And we're also on iHeart Radio in a partnership with them. You can go to iHeart Radio, get the app, which is the one I would use because they have a $5,000 sweepstakes right now. If you're, if you're listening to the app, you're listening to Midnight Radio on the app, Just press the button to join it, and you could win $5,000. Until next time, good night. God bless and all my best. Wait a second. Hot Ham says, C-Crane, what? Can I listen on my C-Crane radio? Do you have a Wi-Fi C-Crane radio, Hot Ham? Yes.
Yes, if you have the Wi-Fi, C-Crane Radio, Midnight Radio is on there.